Welcome to the Hillside Baptist Chapel's weekly podcast. Please listen as Dr. Steve Wood, pastor, teaches from God's Word. This HBC podcast will be uploaded online and available every Sunday morning at 11. All HBC podcasts can be heard on Facebook under Hillside Baptist Chapel. Good morning, everyone. We're glad that you chose to join us today in our podcast. And uh, I know many of you are sitting at home, have been sitting at home, and uh, probably you're bored, maybe discouraged, maybe some of you are even getting depressed. Well, I hope our service today is something to uplift you, something to cause you to get out of your funk and you'll be able to worship today as we worship together. I'd like to lead us in prayer as we begin our service, so let's pray. Our Father in heaven, we thank you today for the blessings that you've given. We thank you for the safety of all of our people, and we pray that your hedge of protection would be around everyone, and that this virus would soon go away, and we'd be able to get back to our normal lives. Thank you again for being with us here today. You tell us we're two or three gathered together in your name. There you are in the midst of them. And we've got many that are gathered together in their homes, I know, but gathered with us today as we worship and help us to truly worship in spirit and in truth and that we'll be glad to say to others, join us in this service every Sunday and help us as we worship. Again, Father, thank you for the opportunity to preach your word and be able to worship together. And we ask it in Jesus' name. Amen. All right, our first song today is Hosanna Cry. And so join with us as we sing this song.
Okay, right now Frank has our prayer update, and uh, so I'm going to recognize him to give us our prayer updates and uh, to lead us in prayer this morning. Frank? Thank you, Pastor Steve. There's only one update that I have, and uh, it was by email earlier, so I'm just going to read you what I have on, in the email. It said, add to your prayer list a 10-year-old Panamanian boy who went up into the jungle to gather food with his family who had no food at the house. His name is Joel, and he was bit by a snake. He's at the hospital, and he's in stable condition. Because of the virus, his family cannot visit him, which is terrible. I am sure he is frightened and confused, and I was told he's not used to seeing people die. We got the food to the family this afternoon, parents and sister, and that was from a sister from the church that sent me that email, so please pray for that family. Uh, they got food right now. Uh, he's in the hospital, Joel, but he's doing, he's doing okay. He's stable, but right now, you know, he's probably going to a bad time and seeing things he really shouldn't see at 10 years old, so uh, please pray for that, and uh, that's about all the, the updates we have. Wanda's doing better. She's slowly getting around. Getting, it's getting better and better, so praise God for that. Heavenly Father, we thank you for this day. We thank you for your many blessings, O oh Father. We thank you for the opportunity to do this podcast, to reach out to these people, to our people, O oh Lord. I pray that it can reach the United States. I pray it reaches to anywhere it needs to go with your message, O oh Father. Give us that grace, O oh Father to truly trust you in this time, O oh Father, to not be looking at the circumstances and not sink into the water, O oh Father, but just to look at you, O oh Lord. So give us that grace, O oh Father, this time. Bless our church. Bless this community. I pray for everybody with the virus, that just the, everything, the financial burden, all of that, O oh Lord, I, we pray for that. I pray that it, it's over soon, O oh Father. So give us that grace, O oh Father, to have that trust, Give us that grace to come to you during our quiet time, and we can learn something about you and ourselves, oh, Father. I thank you so much for all your blessings and all your love. This we ask in the name of Jesus Christ. Amen. Thanks, Frank. And um, uh, now we've got a couple of songs that are uh, very special, I think. Uplifting songs. Shine, Jesus, shine. And you're my all in all. I know you know these. So sing along with us as we sing these songs.
Okay, our scripture reading this morning is from Matthew chapter 21, and we'll be reading verses 1 through 11. This is a message this morning about the triumphal entry, but I've taken a little uh, different spin to this this morning. I'm titling my message, The Tragic Side of a Triumphal Entry. So um, as these scriptures are read, think about the title of my message and think about the things that maybe should have been a little different as this event took place. Matthew chapter 21, verses 1 through 11. And when they drew nigh unto Jerusalem and were come to Bethphage unto the Mount of Olives, then sent Jesus two disciples, saying unto them, Go into the village over against you, and straightway ye shall find an ass tied, and a colt with her. Loose them, and bring them unto me. And if any man say aught unto you, ye shall say, The Lord hath need of them, and straightway he will send them. All this was done, that it might be fulfilled which was spoken by the prophet, saying, Tell ye the daughter of Sion, Behold, thy king cometh unto thee, meek and sitting upon an ass, and a colt, the fool of an ass. And the disciples went and did as Jesus commanded them, and brought the ass and the colt, and put on them their clothes, and they set him thereon. And a very great multitude spread their garments in the way. Others cut down branches from the trees and strawed them in the way. And the multitudes that went before and that followed cried, saying, Hosanna to the Son of David! Blessed is he that cometh in the name of the Lord! Hosanna in the highest! And when he was come into Jerusalem, all the city was moved, saying, Who is this? And the multitude said, This is Jesus, the prophet of Nazareth of Galilee. All right. This morning I want to uh, talk to you a little bit today about what I mentioned a moment ago, the tragic side of the triumphal entry. Not long ago, I was reading a story about something that happened on the other side of the world. A story about a plainly dressed man who went into church in the Netherlands one Sunday and took a seat near the pulpit. Soon a woman came along and abruptly told the man that he was seated in her seat. She then asked him to leave the seat. The man apologized and apparently moved away to a pew reserved for the poor from where he took part in the service. When the services ended, a friend of the woman came over and asked her if she knew who it was she had ordered out of her seat. The woman replied casually that she didn't know who it was and she didn't care. To her great dismay, she was informed it was King Oscar of Sweden. Similarly, many people turn what could be a life-changing moment into a possibly negative situation because of bad choices. How often do we hear statements such as, you blew it? How could you have messed up like that? At other times, when some special opportunity seems to be opening to us. Someone or something comes along to spoil the occasion. We're celebrating Palm Sunday today, the triumphal entry of Christ into the city of Jerusalem. And 
It was a day of celebration. And there was celebration. The celebratory spirit was ringing in the air all the time that day. However, in the midst of the joy and the celebration, we notice some tragic situations that arose. Now this morning, before I go further into my message, I'd like for us to look at the timeline. Maybe you've never thought of this, that uh, happened as the triumphal entry took place on that Sunday morning. Well, that was day one. And on day two, we find Jesus cleansing the temple. And then on day three, on Tuesday, Jesus goes to the Mount of Olives. And you know the teaching discourse that's there in the scriptures. Several scriptures that relate the messages that Jesus has for us even here today as he talks about that. And then Wednesday, actually the Bible doesn't say much about what took place on day four on Wednesday. Maybe they were resting. And then day five is the Passover and the Last Supper. And then Jesus introduces the Lord's Supper. You remember that. That's on Thursday. And then in day six is the trial, crucifixion, death, and burial of Jesus on Friday. Saturday, he's in the tomb. And day eight, one week from today's scripture reading is the resurrection. That's next Sunday's message, and we'll talk about that more next Sunday. But as we think about this particular reading, Matthew chapter 21, our messages recently have been on Peter. Well, we're leaving that particular thought for the next two Sundays, pretty much. But we will be talking a little bit about Peter as we uh, look at these scriptures. One of the things that I see in this reading is that Peter may have been involved in going and getting the donkey that Jesus rode upon as they came into town. He sent two disciples, and we don't know which two these were. One of them may have been Peter. We do know that later in the week, when Jesus is getting ready for the Passover, he sends two individuals to see about the place in the upper room where they're going to celebrate the Passover. And we know that Peter is one of the individuals that is chosen to go and see about this, along with John. may have been the same way as they went to get the donkey. It may have been Peter and John. We don't know. Just two disciples, and it doesn't matter, does it? But as we think about this triumphal entry, we today can always think of the negative, can't we? We can always think of the bad. Well, in our situation right now, as we're having to stay home, as we can't get out, as we uh, are confined, we don't want to allow a moment to discourage us from seeing how this can be used for good. Now, as we think about the triumphal entry, most of us would think about Jesus riding into town and them putting palm branches and their cloaks and other things in the uh, street for the donkey to walk on. 
This was what the triumphal entry was all about. And the celebration that went on in that day. I would challenge you to consider three things this morning as we look at Palm Sunday and the celebration that was going on there. And think about the tragedy that was taking place, but yet how that tragedy is something for us us to learn from, for us to understand, for us to take thought of. Now, the first... It was tragic that there were some people unwilling to praise Jesus. In Luke 19.39, for instance, as mentioned before, this was a day of much celebration and much joy. As Jesus rode in, there was a very large crowd that had gathered together, Matthew 21.8, as we read a little bit ago, to give him a rousing welcome. Of course, they were expecting him to come as King of Kings and Lord of Lords for him to set up his millennial kingdom. This was what they thought was going to take place. They were praising him by shouting. And verse 9 says, they were shouting, Hosanna, blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord. Hosanna in the highest. And then in Luke 19, 38, it says, Blessed is the king who comes in the name of the Lord. And Matthew 21, 10 adds, The whole city was stirred. We see praises arising to the Lord from many different places. The people joyfully praised God in loud voices for the miracles that they had seen in Luke 19, 37. And then later... In Matthew 21, verses 15 and 16, that we didn't read this morning, it says the children praised Him in the temple, shouting, Hosanna to the Son of David. And Luke 19, verse 40 says, Even the stones were waiting to praise Him. However, in the midst of all this praise, it is indeed tragic to note there was a group of people Religious leaders, in fact, who are callously unwilling to praise the Lord. This is found in both Luke 19 and and Matthew 21. Not only were they unwilling to praise Jesus, but they also tried to stop the children from praising Him. The verses that I read just a moment ago, verses 15 and 16 in Matthew 21. Talk about being spiritually dead. These people were, were they not? And these are the same people now, later in the week, that are going to be leading the arrest. Getting him on trial. And then crucifying him. Right now, maybe for some reason, possibly some challenges or struggles that you're going through at present, Maybe the situation that we're in right now. You're unable or unwilling to praise the Lord this Palm Sunday. I know we are thrown back to not being able to worship like it was prior to our starting our our church here. We're having to stay at home. But at least we've got the podcast, haven't we? You didn't have that prior to the church starting. 
And I hope the church has been a blessing to you, and I hope it will be in the future, and I hope that we've got many days ahead that we can see God blessing us as we meet together in His house. As I said last Sunday, I think of you being here. I think of looking at your faces as I look out on the chairs. And I think of you singing the songs. Yes, I hear you singing off key, Dr. Fred. And I see you worshiping God with all your heart. That's what we ought to do. On this Palm Sunday, let us be encouraged and open our hearts to praise the Lord because Palm Sunday is a day of praise. It's the day of the Messiah. The Bible speaks about receiving a garment of praise instead of a spirit of despair in Isaiah 61.3. So why don't you raise your voice and sing Hosanna to the highest right now. I read a story about a pastor this past week. Something that I didn't know about him. Somebody that that uh, I read from every once in a while. And this pastor was telling of a time in his life when he was discouraged. Discouraged in his ministry, discouraged in his home life. And he was about to quit the ministry. He had someone in the church who was always against him. Everything that he did, this person was a naysayer. Never for anything that was good. He had tried and tried to rectify the situation, but nothing worked. However, he felt that it was only right that he go to the Lord one last time before he goes before his congregation and hands in his resignation. He had ministered there for many years. As he came to the Lord this particular time, he began to thank God for all the blessings that he had received as he pastored that church. He began to think about the things that God had done in that church and through his ministry. And as he began to think about all of those blessings that God had given him, Soon his heart, and actually his voice, began to raise and thanks and praise to God. And it was so much that after he got through with the prayer, he wasn't ready to resign anymore. <laughs> he was blessed. And instead of quitting, he allowed God to use him for many more years in that pulpit, in that particular place. He didn't quit. The power of praise. Whatever your circumstances, would you right now allow praise to rise up in your hearts to the Lord? We've got so many things to thank God for. I'm in the church building right now where I'm doing this podcast. And I can just see it filled with Worshiping people. See it filled with you and, and many more 
Because we've got more room now. We've got room for us to have many more people here to worship. That's a praise, isn't it? Yes, I know we're not able to meet there now, but we will be. It's something that's going to come, I know. This virus is not going to last forever. I don't know how long it's going to be. I don't know how long it's going to take for us to be able to get back to meeting together and worshiping together. I know it's not a good thing for us to do right now. I'm reading about a couple of churches in the United States. One in California, and I don't remember where the other one was, but uh, they were continuing to meet after this virus had struck. And the greatest amount of infection took place in that one congregation in California that continued to meet. You know, I really wanted to meet that first Sunday when uh, we heard about the restrictions and uh, they were telling us that we shouldn't congregate together. And Wanda and I were talking about that even today. And you know, I'm glad we didn't meet. Maybe through that we would have spread this virus and uh, others would have gotten sick and we didn't meet. We did the podcast for the first time and you were able to stay home and stay away from any danger there might be. Okay, let's notice the second thing that was tragic about that day. The temple had to be cleansed. That's Luke 19.45. I mentioned this before as I was going through the days that, that uh, happened the week of the triumphal entry and how that one week later Jesus is hanging on the cross. But he had to cleanse the temple. The temple was the center of Jewish worship, wasn't it? It had a majestic appearance. I don't know whether you've ever seen any drawings of what that temple looked like, but it was beautiful. It was large. It was huge. It wasn't Solomon's temple, but it was patterned after it, and it was much like it. Maybe not as magnificent as Solomon's temple was, but it was magnificent nonetheless. And it was a a very precious place for people to come and worship. However, as Jesus was walking in and looked around in Mark chapter 11, verse 11, what his keen eyes observed obviously sickened him. His heart was broken at what he saw. According to Matthew 21 and verse 12 and Mark 11 verses 15 through 16, the hallowed place of worship had been turned into a marketplace by unscrupulous vendors. For just a moment, close your eyes and try to imagine the feeling that were going through the heart of Jesus. He knew that this place was supposed to be a place of respect, a place of honor. And he knew that he needed to resort to drastic measures to clean it up. He called this my house of prayer in Matthew 21 verse 13. And he compared it there in verse, uh, Matthew chapter 11 verse 17 
to a den of robbers. I would like for us to look at two applications to this part of the story. First of all, we need to give proper reverence to the place of God's worship today. For the place where we gather together, for the place where we worship. I think our people do a pretty good job of doing that. Freedom in worship should not mean that we do anything that is irreverent to God in the beautiful presence that we have as we come together. And then secondly, the Bible says that our bodies are the temple of the Holy Spirit. Remember that in 1 Corinthians 6, 19? If so, it's good to ask ourselves prayerfully whether the temple of the Holy Spirit needs cleansing in any areas in our lives. In fact, this might be a good moment to allow the Holy Spirit to search our hearts and reveal anything that needs to be cleansed, anything that needs to be changed, anything that is there that shouldn't be there. Many times when I come before the Lord in prayer, He reveals areas that need His cleansing touch. Are you that way too? We need to ask that as we come to Him in prayer. Well, we can use cleansing soap and creams for the skin. We need His cleansing touch for the inside, don't we? If we confess our sins, He is faithful and just and will forgive us of our sins and purify us from all unrighteousness, 1 John 1, 9 says. So search our hearts. Think about what's there. Is God asking us to cleanse our, uh, be cleansed by Him? If so, allow Him to do that. And then the third thing that we look at here is that the people didn't recognize God's time. Luke 19 verse 44. Biblical prophecy was being fulfilled right before their eyes. We can make references to Isaiah 62, verse 11, which says, Say to the daughters of Zion, See your Savior comes. And then to Zechariah 9, verse 9, which says, See your King comes to you, righteous and having salvation, gentle and riding on a donkey, on a colt, the fold of a donkey. Now compare this, if you will, to Luke 19, 35, where it says that Jesus rode on that colt. And Psalm 118, verse 26, also was quoted by the crowd as they gave praise to Jesus. Many things about Jesus' entry in Jerusalem clearly points to Him being the Messiah, the King. Some of those were that he rode on a donkey, which symbolizes royalty, 1 Kings 1, Cloaks were spread out on the ground, which was a means of paying homage to royalty, 2 Kings 9, And palm branches were waved and spread in the road, referring to these verses. Where a great multitude is seen holding palm branches before the Lord as He rides into, into town. 
But the tragedy of this thing is that one week later, many of those that were praising and saying Hosanna were yelling, crucify him, crucify him. You see, they had not recognized him as the Lord. They had not accepted him for who he was. As we see Jesus riding that unusual animal into town, 1 Samuel 6, 7 says that with all the signs around them, the people didn't seem to get it. As a result, in Luke 19, Jesus wept over Jerusalem. You remember that that's the shortest verse in the Bible. Prophetically, the future wasn't good. He also spoke of the pain and the prophetic words in Luke 19, verses 42 through 44. He said, If you, even you, had only known on this day what would bring you peace, but now it is hidden from your eyes because you did not recognize the time of God's coming to you. I wonder today, is it the same with mankind today? All the signs around us indicate that the coming of the Lord is close at hand. But are we seeing it? Now, I'm not telling you that the Lord is going to come today, or tomorrow, or next week, or next month, or even next year. I don't know. But I can tell you from the reading of the scriptures that it must be near. It must be right at hand. It's not going to be long until he's going to come again. Are you ready for him to come? Jeremiah 8, 7 tells us, Even the stork in the sky knows her appointed seasons. And the dove, the swift, and the thrush observe the times of their migration. But my people do not know. They do not know the requirements of the Lord. In 2004, many of you remember the shoreline of the country of Sri Lanka was devastated by a horrifying and massive tsunami. The destruction caused in just a few minutes was unmeasurable. Close to 40,000 lives were lost and thousands of homes were wiped out. As the rebuilding process began, one of the strangest discoveries was that prior to the tsunami, animals in the wildlife refuge close to the sea instinctively sensed the danger that was approaching. As a result, they moved to higher ground or further inland and escaped the effects of the killer waves. After the tsunami, the people too are now wiser as to what they should do if a similar disaster threatens to strike again. Being prepared. Unfortunately, when it involves the coming of the Lord and God's timing in the affairs of the world, most people seem to find it difficult to understand or believe. 
isn't it time to look up? For our redemption draws near, the Bible says. A quote I read says, We should be looking for the upper taker more than the undertaker. <laughs> we should be looking for the upper taker more than the undertaker. This Palm Sunday, let us learn from what happened that day as we see, yes, there's positives there. Yes, there's things that we can learn from as far as our praising God and our worshiping Him. But there are some negatives that took place that Sunday as well. And we need to learn from those as well. Will we give praise to the Messiah for who He is? Not just because we're caught up in the moment and doing what other people are doing around us. That we're really worshiping from the heart. We're really calling on the Lord and we're really praising His name. Will we allow our temples to be cleansed? Remember again, we're the temple of the Holy Spirit. And if there's things in them that shouldn't be there, will we allow Him to clean them out? Will we allow Him to get us right again with Him and not be a stumbling block to others? And lastly, will we know the timing and understand the days that we're living in? That the Lord's coming is near. No, I don't know how long. Maybe it's many years yet. I don't think so, but maybe it is. But we need to live every day as though this were the day He was coming back. We need to be prepared for Him now. If it is today that there is one or more among us that has never taken the time to trust Jesus Christ as their personal Savior, now is the best time you'll have. Right now is the time that God is giving you. And I encourage you to listen to what God is saying to you today and allow Him to cleanse your heart. We've given the number for our church as this podcast began. If you need to talk to me, feel free to call me. Or if you don't want to talk to me personally, just email me. Or send me a text. Either way, I'd like to hear from you. And I'd like to explain to you, if you need me to, what you need to do that you might have eternal life. And that you might trust Jesus Christ as your personal Savior before it's eternally too late. God gives you today to do that. Our Father, as we end this broadcast today, and as we've read your word, and as we studied your scriptures, as we praised your name, we pray today that every heart is right with you. If there are decisions that are needed, we pray that today, right now, will be the time for these decisions to be made. And if anyone's lost listening to this broadcast, I pray for their salvation right now. We ask it in Jesus' name. Amen. 
Contact information for Hillside Baptist Chapel is as follows. Dr. Steve Wood, Pastor. Text or phone direct at 6438-6541. Email stevewood 2 at hotmail.com. This concludes the HBC Weekly Podcast. Please join us every Sunday for our HBC Cyber Service. Hillside Baptist Chapel has moved right next to Chopsticks in Alto Bocchetti. This new location seems perfect for our growing church. The hours will be as follows. Bible study, 9.45 a.m. and worship at 11 a.m. Due to the coronavirus pandemic, services through at least April 7, 2020 will be suspended. Once the Panamanian government restrictions are lifted, please join us for our regular chapel Bible study and service at the above-mentioned times. Church donations can be made to mailboxes, etc. in downtown Boquete. Thank you, and God bless.